Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Through Jesus podcast with Courtney Gilmore. On this episode, Getting to the Root of Our Discontentment, Temporary and Permanent Solutions to Our Problems, and Having a God that Can Answer Our Prayers in a Better Way Than We Can Even Ask For. Numbers 11, 16-35, read from the New King James Version. Quickly before we get started, if you're new to Live Through Jesus, make sure you go to livethroughjesus.com and sign up to receive your free five-week Bible study over Abraham. There you'll also find blog posts that coincide with the teachings on this podcast and social media links, which is another way to keep in touch throughout the week. Okay, let's get started. Today we're going to finish chapter 11 of Numbers. We were in chapter 11 for the last two episodes. The first part of that chapter, the Israelites were complaining about only eating manna on their way to the land that was flowing with milk and honey that the Lord was so graciously giving to them. And then last week, we read Moses' desperate prayer about what a burden the people had been to him. And if you missed those two episodes, you might want to go back and listen to them because those are basically part one and two of this third episode. On the first one, we talked about how easy it is to romanticize our old lives and think that we might have been more free back then or things might have been better and actually forget the bondage and how bad it really was. And then last week, we talked about heavy burdens and what to do whenever we feel like life is overwhelming. This week, we're going to finish chapter 11 with God's answer to Moses' prayer. So let's go ahead and read Numbers 11, verses 16 to 35. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the same spirit on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. Then you shall say to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who is to give us meat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you will eat. You will eat not one day, not two days, not five days, or ten days, nor twenty days, but for a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you despise the Lord who is among you, and you have wept before him, saying, Why did we ever come up out of Egypt? And then Moses said, The people whom I'm among are six hundred thousand men on foot. Yet you've said, I will give them meat, and then they will eat for a whole month? Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them? And the Lord said to Moses, Has the Lord's arm been shortened? Now you shall see whether it'll happen as I say or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered the seventy men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him, and placed the same upon the seventy elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did so again. 
But two men had remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, and the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested on them also. Now they were among those that were listed, but they hadn't gone out to the tabernacle, yet they still prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And so Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, answered and said, Moses, my lord, forbid them. And then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. And Moses returned to the camp, he and the elders of Israel. Now a wind went out from the Lord, and it brought quail from the sea, and left them fluttering near the camp, about a day's journey on this side, and about a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp, and about two cubits above the surface of the ground. And the people stayed up all that day, and all night, and all the next day, and they gathered quail. He who gathered the least gathered ten omers, and they spread them out before themselves all around the camp. But when the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. So he called the name of the place Kibroth Hadavah, because there they buried the people who had yielded to craving. From Kibroth Hadavah, the people moved to Hezroth and camped there. Okay, so first of all, how wonderful is God to Moses? How gracious and compassionate. He isn't like, oh my goodness, Moses, you are so dramatic. Again, if you did not hear Moses' prayer, he was very dramatic. He asked God to just kill him now if it was going to be like this forever. And so God could have been like, you're being ridiculously dramatic. Uh, You need to calm down. It's not as bad as you say. But God didn't do that. He heard the desperation of his servant and he cared about Moses' feelings. He realized that Moses was at his wit's end. And so he said, I'm going to help you. You know, no worries. And so before we get to how God helped him, that's the first thing that we need to realize is that God was gracious and compassionate towards Moses. And he knew that Moses needed both an immediate fix to the people's current complaint and also a long-term solution to the continuous burden that the people were going to be to him for the future, right? And so that's what he did. He provided a immediate fix to the people's complaint by giving them the meat. And then he provided a long-term solution for Moses by giving him the 70 elders to help him. And so I just want to stop and think about this from our perspective. If we've ever been in Moses' situation where we have people that we're responsible for and they just keep bringing us complaints over and over and over again. Maybe you've been in charge of disgruntled employees or you've led some contentious group of people or just dealt with a perpetually whiny child. That's something maybe that we can all relate to is children. And you know that as soon as you fix one problem, then another problem just arises, right? That's just the nature of that type of situation. This type of person is just never quite satisfied, right? Let me read you a verse in Ecclesiastes 5.10 that talks about people that are just never satisfied. It says, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver nor he who loves abundance with increase. This is all vanity. 
And so this is King Solomon, and he says that's the nature of people like this. If you want money, you're never going to be satisfied with the amount of money that you have. You're always going to want more. If that is your love, it says he who loves silver, he who loves abundance, you're just always going to want more and more and more and more, and nothing that is given to you is going to satisfy you. And that is a heart problem, right? That's not a problem of... I actually have a need and it's not being met. When every grievance is met with a solution and then the grumbling still continues, that's when you know this is a deeper issue, right? It's deeper than what's on the surface. It's deeper than this specific circumstance. No number of solutions is going to satisfy someone that is just discontent or dissatisfied or whiny or contentious or whatever. If that is deep in their heart, then that's a heart problem. And that can't be fixed with tangible things. And so that's when you need a long-term plan. And God knows this because the people were dissatisfied in Egypt. God brought them out of Egypt. Now they're dissatisfied in the wilderness. They're on their way to the promised land. They're going to have an abundant amount of food and be free there, not in the same bondage that they were in Egypt. And yet they can't seem to be satisfied. And so God knows this is a heart problem with these people. As soon as you give them meat, it's not going to change anything. They're only going to be satisfied with that temporarily, and then they're going to complain about something else. And so he knows that Moses needs a long-term plan because these people have a heart problem. Now, if you're able to get to the root of that problem and reach that person's heart, then that's going to benefit everybody in the end. But if not, then you just need a long-term management plan. And so what I want to say initially is think about yourself. How often do you complain? How habitual is it? Are you satisfied when there becomes a solution to your problem or do you just want to grab? I mean, I think we all sometimes just want to vent or maybe that's more a girl thing. I don't know. Um, sometimes you just want to vent. And I don't know, maybe because I'm the type of person that kind of does like to just vent. Maybe I think that's okay. Maybe it's not. But I feel like that's okay if you can just get it out and then move on. You know, I think that that's a different thing. Just, hey, I have to just say this and then I can get happy and move on. But if people are continuously providing you with solutions to your problems, you know, when we're venting, a lot of times we don't want solutions to our problems. We just want to vent. And that's why I guess I say that's kind of a different circumstance. But if you're truly feeling that you have a problem and then someone presents you with a solution and you either don't want to do that solution or that gets fixed and then you do another thing and then another and then another then if we find ourselves in that situation, we need to say, this is a hard issue. This is not something that can be fixed with my circumstances. And at that point, I think we need to go to God and say, help me work through this, figure out the root of my problem so that I cannot be a discontent or dissatisfied person so that I'm not just contentious at heart, you know, because that's what it feels like when people are continuously presenting you with a solution and you're like, nah, nope, ah, I don't think so. It's like, okay, are you just going to say the opposite of everything I say? Is that how this conversation is going to go? It gets exhausting for the person trying to help you. 
And so, you know, it's possible that all of us have done this at some point, but we need to catch it pretty early. So if you think you might have a root problem that you need to get to the bottom of, then that would be the first thing. You know, examine your own heart and say, you know, this isn't the thing. This thing that I'm complaining about, that's not really my problem. My actual problem is deeper than this. What is it? And how can I address it? And how can I fix it? Because maybe the reason that you're not satisfied with the situation being resolved is because you have a deeper problem. I would say that this does happen in relationships sometimes, say in your marriage, where you're dissatisfied with your spouse maybe in an entire area. And so this thing that they do just adds to that they do this entire thing to you all the time or you feel that way. And so whenever they fix this one thing or that part of it goes away, then it doesn't really change anything because it's their way of dealing with you that you have a problem with. And if that's the case, then you have to realize, okay, is this a me problem or something that I need to express to them so that we can get to the root of it and quit just taking care of the surface issues. So Anyway, that would be my first thing is think about if you might be in the Israelite situation and driving somebody else crazy like they're driving Moses crazy while he's trying to give them solutions and it's not ever going to satisfy. Now, if you relate more to Moses and you've been dealing with people that are continuously bringing you complaints and you continuously keep trying to solve their problems and it doesn't seem like your short-term solutions are working, then that's when you need to try to figure out a long-term plan, some other way to address the root of their problem or at the least get some help so that you're not having to handle the burden of whatever this person is dealing with on your own. Maybe you can convince them to maybe talk with someone else or you can get some help. And so those are just a few things that we can be thinking about personally as we read through the beginning of this passage. And so back to the actual text of the passage, the people were just not satisfied. So God first addressed Moses's immediate problem, which was the people and what they were complaining about. But it wouldn't have helped Moses in the long run for God to only solve that temporary problem. And so God also provided him with lasting human help. And so by giving his spirit to these 70 men that were already good leaders, now they're going to be wise enough to properly assist Moses with these people so that it will lift his burden. And that just shows us that God does use people to help us. And he can also use us to help others. And so we need to look to other people for help. And we also need to be willing to help other people. God has created us to need each other, to use each other. We are his hands and feet here on this earth. And so I want to read you a couple of verses about that. The first one is in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so God says that he equips us 
to comfort other people with his spirit, just like he gave the spirit to these elders that they were able to help others. Because we have God who comforts us, then we're able to extend that same type of comfort to other people. And that's what he wants us to do. Galatians 6 Two says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. God intends for us to take on other people's burdens so that it's not so heavy for one person. You know, I don't know if you've ever gone out to eat with a big group of people and someone offers to pay for everybody. What happens is that one person is taking on all of the burden of every single person's bill, and that makes their bill huge. But if each person just pays their own bill, that's not all that much, right? And so it's kind of the same situation with our burdens. When we're carrying all of it on our own, or when we're carrying many, many people all on our own, it can become too much. Either we're having to carry a really heavy burden that's just too much for us. We need to share it with other people so that the weight comes off of us just a bit. Or it may be that we're in a position at work or in a leadership position at church or in our community of some sort where everybody brings us their burdens and that becomes too much. And so we have to share it. We have to disperse the weight of that so that no one person is carrying something too heavy for themselves. And that's the lesson that God is teaching Moses is to delegate and spread that weight around. And also God's giving him that gift of saying, hey, I'm going to help you by giving you these people and by giving them my spirit so they can also help. And so we just need to remember that we're all here to help one another. And so we need to rely on others for help when we need it. And we need to also help other people. Now, with a more permanent solution promised, now God is going to address this temporary problem and give the people what they asked for. But he gives it to them in such excess that they're going to wish they never asked. This is kind of what parents do whenever a kid says, I'm bored. It's like, okay, I'll give you something to do. You know, you give them all these solutions. You say, oh, why don't you go ride your skateboard? Why don't you go jump on the trampoline? Why don't you go find some friends to hang out with? And everything, ah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then they're still on board. That's a classic example of whenever the temporary problem isn't satisfied, right? And so what do you generally do? You usually say, okay, I'll give you something to do. And then it's work, right? And then they wish they never came to you and told you they were bored. They figured it out on their own what they wanted to do. Now, God isn't like that. He actually wanted the people to come to him and ask for what they wanted. He just didn't want them to whine and complain about it and act like he wasn't taking care of them. And so he decides to give them so much meat that they wish they would have done this in a more respectful way. And when he tells Moses his plan, Moses is like, wait, there's over 600,000 men, not to mention their wives and children. How in the world are you going to give meat to all these people for a day, much less for a month? And what's God's answer? He says, my arm is not short. I have limitless power. Watch and see. I've complete ability to do anything I choose. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 13, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and earth by your great power and outstretched arm. 
There is nothing too hard for you. So we have to remember that. See, if the people would have just gone to God instead of complaining and whining and saying he isn't able to take care of them and just said, I believe he is able to take care of me. I don't think there's anything too hard for him. And I'm just going to go and ask him. I'm going to trust that he has ability to provide for me. This is something that we have to remind ourselves. God is not limited by the power of this world. He can do things that people cannot. And so whenever we feel like the burden is too heavy and everything is too much, remind ourselves that nothing is too hard for God. He has the power to answer our prayers. He just wants us to ask. So Moses told the people that God was going to send them meat, and then he summoned the 70 Israels around the tabernacle. And if you notice, God didn't just send help. He personally came down to relieve Moses' burden. Listen to what it says again in verse 25. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed that same spirit upon the 70 elders. Wow, that makes you feel like, yeah, he definitely cares, right? He definitely cares. He's not just like, you know, like if you were to come crying to your parent and she's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll get you some help. And then it's like, okay, um, hey, can you go and help her? You do that sometimes, right? As a parent, you do that sometimes whenever you're busy and it's not a huge big deal. But if your kid, you know, they're over there crying, they can't get up, their legs broke, you don't send somebody else, right? You go tend to them directly. That's what God's doing. God says, I could send someone. He could do that. And Moses' problem would still be met, just as if we were to send somebody and say, hey, go pick him up, you know, call the ambulance, take him to the hospital, whatever. Obviously, the child's leg would still get repaired if someone else was there. But you don't do that. Not when your kid's legs broke. Not if you can help it, obviously. You go directly, right? And that's what God is saying. This isn't a thing to just send help. I need Moses to know that I care enough to personally come down in the cloud and place my Holy Spirit on these people so that Moses knows I'm here. God has ability to do that with all his children. You know, how I said earlier, if we can help it, sometimes we are limited as adults, even though we do want to be there to be the person that helps our child. Sometimes we can't do that, but God always can. He can help every single one of his children at the same time. And he cares about each one of us enough to do that, enough to not just send help, but be our help. He is an attentive father. Even though we may not always see the help that he gives, we may not always know, he's always working for us. And so what a wonderful picture he gives us there in this interaction with Moses. And so as soon as the Spirit rests on these 70 elders, it says they began to repeat what God was saying to them. They began to prophesy. God gave them a word. So everybody was aware, this is the Spirit speaking. These people are anointed. God has specifically chosen them for this job. And then something a little off topic that we're not going to spend a lot of time on happens. It says that two of the people that Moses chose didn't come out, but God still placed his Spirit on them, and they also still began to prophesy. And A lot of people were upset by that. They're thinking, you know, you don't even have the courtesy to come out whenever you're called. 
And Moses just said, you know, I'm willing to take all the help I can get. I don't even care. You know, if it makes God happy, if that's what his choice is to place his spirit on those people, great, more help for me. And so after that, we hear how God sends the meat to the people. And so it is a very miraculous way and something that obviously only God can do because we cannot control birds and where they fly and how it all works. And so God surrounds the camp with these quail and it says they're within a day's journey away from the camp and they hovered only a few feet off the ground. It says that they hovered two cubits, right? A cubit is about a foot and a half. So they were hovering about three foot off the ground all around the camp. So the people stayed up all day and all night and all day the next day and gathered this quail because they're so excited about the meat. It says that the person that gathered the least gathered 10 omers. That is 50 gallons. So even the person that gathered the very least gathered 50 gallons of meat. And so God was showing himself to be able to provide richly for them, right? Not just give them a little bit of meat, but he's giving them an abundance of meat. It's obviously miraculous. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. What a wonderful verse, right? Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I mean, just listen to all of those adjectives. It's like over and then over that and then over that. More than we can even ask or think. It says, you can't even think of how I can help you. I mean, the people could say, yeah, we want meat. They have no idea how that could even possibly be provided. They couldn't even ask for God to send them quail. They wouldn't have even thought of that. That's the power that God has, not only to provide us with what we need, but to know what we need and be able to give it abundantly. That's what kind of God we have. So again, his arm is not shortened, right? And then it says, according to the power that works in us, that is the Holy Spirit that he was giving to these people. He's given that spirit to all of us. And so his spirit is working within us to give us more then we can even ask or think. That's the kind of God we have. This is all the picture that he's showing us just through this one story about how he's able to provide, how he's able to answer our prayers. Now, this story ends with God getting a little frustrated, right? And so the people weren't grateful for their freedom and they had rejected his provision. And so while they were still eating, he struck them with a great plague. And it says they buried so many that day that they named that place the graves of greed or the graves of craving. So what a picture, what an answer to Moses' prayer, right? God helped Moses, he helped the people, and he taught the people a lesson. You need not complain. Instead, come to the God who is able to give you exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. The one who nothing is too hard for. So that's all we have for today. Just as a little summary, Think throughout this week, can you relate more to the Israelites or more to Moses? Do you have a heart problem, some root issue that you need to deal with? 
Or are you like Moses and need a long-term management plan for the burden that you're dealing with, whatever the responsibility might be, whether it be people or just a job or whatever? And then just remember that God gave us each other to help each other. So if you need to look to others for help, then do it. If you need to step up and help other people, do that too. And then just remember that we have a God whose arm is long, whose power is limitless, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or even imagine, more than we could possibly ask for. So let him help you with whatever you're dealing with, whatever situation you may be in. So next week, we're going to read Numbers 13. And you're not going to want to miss that one because it's a huge piece of the narrative for the Israelites on their way to the promised land. It's going to have an impact on everything that happens to them from here on out. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Leave me a five-star review and comments wherever you're listening. You can also find my email at livethroughjesus.com. Go sign up for the weekly email updates. And follow me on all social media at Live Through Jesus. Thanks and have a good day.